The grace of our Lord Jesus is yours in abundance. Well, did you enjoy all the basketball games the past few weeks? Up until maybe Monday night, huh? There certainly was a lot of excitement in this area over our sports teams. And that was reflected by the large number of people that would go to watch these events and, and pay for some rather expensive tickets. That final game Monday night, I heard, was quite a costly game in the sense of buying tickets. I heard that one person bought two tickets for the price of $99,000. Dave is a cookie. $99,000, wow, they must have really thought that that was worth it. Well, there certainly are a lot of other things that people express their worth in as well. A few years ago, there was a, a commercial series on TV, I think it was for MasterCard, in which they would show a couple of people doing something together and they would list what the prices were for something. Uh, so for example, this uh, grandfather here, uh, planting a, a tree or something with his grandchild, and, and they would list out how much it cost for this and that. And finally, at the end, they would say, the time spent together, priceless. Well, today we want to talk about time that we spend together with our Savior, Jesus. As we look at two more of his parables or life stories, Jesus is going to be teaching us about something that is very worthy very worthwhile, worth a lot. The two parables we're going to look at are called kingdom parables, the kingdom of heaven. It's the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the great price. And with both of those things, Jesus is making a point to us that the kingdom of God, what is it worth to you? Now before we look at those parables, maybe we better define what we mean by the kingdom of God. Usually when we think of a kingdom, we think of some kind of an earthly realm, some earthly territory, or some political organization or power. But that's not at all what Jesus was referring to. We know it was important because this term, the, the kingdom of God, or its alternate term, the kingdom of heaven, is used 119 times in the New Testament. So what is this kingdom about? When Jesus was on trial before the governor Pilate, he said his kingdom was not of this world. So exactly what then is this kingdom? The Apostle Paul tells us about it. In Romans 14, he said, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, it's not about worldly pleasure, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. One day when the Pharisees were pressing Jesus with questions, they asked him, when will we know that the kingdom of God has come? And Jesus replied to them, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Or within you. So we can perhaps define the kingdom of God simply as this. It's God's gracious rule in our hearts. God living in our life. 
So the question could be posed then, what's it worth to you to have a personal relationship with God? Here are the two parables that Jesus taught. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. The kingdom of heaven, again, is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. How much is it worth to you? What do we use to value or, or, or measure something of value? Well, we might use a monetary system. Or maybe it depends on how much time we put into something or the, or the joy that we get from something. And then we'll say, yeah, that's of great worth or value to me. Or maybe if, if somebody is just into collecting different things, maybe it depends on their collection of items. I found this, that there's a museum of burnt food. Now, I don't know who would think that that's valuable, but apparently somebody does. And so they collect burnt food items. The point is we have different ways in, in which we express or, or measure the value of something. How do we measure the value of our life, of what we have? Or as Jesus would put it, Having a personal relationship with God, what is it worth to you? Let's take a look and, and see. What is it that we want in life? What are we looking for? There certainly are lots of things that the world would offer to us. Well, let me tell you a little story about a search for, for satisfaction or fulfillment. A personal story from, from the preacher. Now, as I was preparing this, uh, there was an interesting email that uh, came to me, and it, it said, Gregory, we have found one change to your life in my life activity. I thought, wow, I wonder what they found out about me. That was so exciting. So I clicked on it, and it said, alert activity. Somebody is looking for you. Oh, I thought, wow, somebody is looking for me? I wonder who it is. So I clicked, and it said, Julie Bork is looking for you. <laughs> so I asked my wife, I said, uh, why are you looking for me? And she said, I'm not, that was spam. <laughs> so I thought, hmm, my life activity, I guess there's really nothing there, but for a dollar, I could maybe find out how exciting my life is. That's nah, not worth it, believe me. You go to my Facebook page and it's absolutely blank. There's nothing here. So I do want to tell you a personal story about seeking satisfaction or fulfillment, but it's not about this preacher. It's about the preacher who is called Solomon in the Old Testament, King Solomon. He wrote about it in his book, Ecclesiastes, in which he was giving us an honest look or view at life. You see, King Solomon had just about everything that the world could offer. He was said to be the wisest man in the world. He recounts for us some of his great achievements. That's where he was looking for fulfillment. 
what it is he could accomplish in life. And he spoke of all these great projects that he had taken on. As king, he also had a lot of wealth, and so he had a lot of possessions. He was said to be a very popular king. People from all over the world were coming to have an audience with him. And of course, being the king, he had a lot of power. And pleasures, there was nothing, he said, that was withheld from him. Whatever he wanted, whatever he looked at, it was his. But he also recalls for us that even though he had all of that, it meant nothing. It didn't bring him any sense of satisfaction or fulfillment. Jesus warned about that too in that parable that he told in our scripture readings this morning where he said that a person is storing up all sorts of things for themselves in life here, but then their life is taken from them, and what good does it do? And so he gave us that warning. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your heart? What's your treasure? What do you consider to be most valuable in this world? And Jesus also gave us that familiar warning, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? And that's exactly what can happen. That as we fill up our life with all sorts of things from this world, we can start to edge God out of it. So Jesus tells us this parable and asks us this question, just how worth it is it to you? to have a personal relationship with God. And so he draws our attention with these two parables to where we get that personal relationship and what it's about. He draws our attention to the word. In that very first parable, he talked about a man who was in a field and found a treasure. And then he went and purchased that field so that treasure would be his. Now, a field is a rather plain thing, isn't it? Nothing special about that. But yet this field was special because of the treasure that was in it. And perhaps what Jesus was calling our attention to was his word. Things that people would say are are just words. Very common. Very humble. But yet in that word are the riches of God. Listen again to the words that we heard before from Solomon in Proverbs 3, where he said, Long life is in her right hand, meaning God's word. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. And then he tells us why. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So he's telling us that this field of God's word gives to us this great wisdom, this fear, this respect, this faith in God. Now, how can that be? Jesus told us about that. When he was talking to the scribes, he said, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. 
These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And so he was simply reminding us that all the scriptures point to him. The word, that field, contains a very special treasure. It is Christ, our Savior. The Apostle Paul reflects on that when he writes this, that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you're looking for something that's valuable, that's fulfilling, that is satisfying in this life, you're going to find it in the scriptures because they point you to Jesus. And look what happens when you have it. Paul says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so he's telling us, in Christ, we have the most precious treasure there is. Can you compare that with what the world has to offer? Do you see the difference? What a costly treasure we have in Jesus. Costly. Jesus paid the price. Jesus made the sacrifice of, of leaving his throne, his home of glory in heaven, and coming to live in this world in our place. Jesus laid down his life as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins. That was costly. But there was no cost to us. It was all given to us free. It's grace. An unconditioned and unending love. Jesus' love never ended. Jesus never turned aside from the purpose and the plan that God had set for him. In Jesus, we have eternal salvation. Do you see how valuable it is? Knowing Jesus is not just having a religion it's having a relationship. It's having the love of God in your life. So how worth it is it to you? How valuable is that in your life? Would you, like the men in these stories, give up everything so that you could obtain it? You might say, everything? But aren't there things that I need in this life? Yes. God created us as, as human beings, physical people who have physical needs. And God also gave us things in this life that we can use and, and enjoy. So he isn't saying that you've got to get rid of everything, but what he is saying is don't let these things so captivate you that they take you away from Christ. Don't, fill that, don't let your life be filled with those things so that there's no room for God at all. A big concern that we have, no doubt, is, is that of identity theft. And this chart shows all the different ways in which identity theft occurs. 
get this, I read that $35,000 every minute is stolen in the United States through identity theft. And we recognize then how important it is that we protect ourselves. I wonder how much faith identity is stolen every minute in our lives. How often things that are in the world tend to push Christ to the side. I wonder how much room we leave for Christ in our family life, at our jobs, in our school. How much of a treasure is Christ compared to our time that we spend, our, our money, our possessions, our reputation with others? Do we let the world take some of that identity away from us? Don't let the world pull you away from Christ. Don't let the world replace Christ in your life. That means you've got to do some heart checking. Where is your treasure? Is Jesus more of a treasure than stuff? Is he more valuable than how you spend time on yourself or your reputation or success? Maybe it's time we did some checking and some searching and some buying because we know how magnificent and infinite the grace of God is in our life. So the identity theft protection that we need for our spiritual life is simply this, get Christ. And that means that we've got to give up some things in order to fill up with him. In those two stories that Jesus told, when both men found the, the treasure or the pearls, they went away and then sold everything they had so they could get that treasure. Now again, we're not going to give up everything that we have in this life because we need certain things. But let's not let things fill up our life that there's no room for Christ. You know, when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, he asked them to leave their family and their jobs and their possessions, anything that would block him from being in their life. And maybe the biggest thing we have to block and get rid of is ourself. Where we think we can do something where we think that we establish the rules and the regulations and push God's grace and his gifts to the side. A Christian missionary by the name of Jim Elliot wrote this. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain but he cannot lose. In other words, the most valuable thing to have is Christ, because with it comes eternal life. Elliot and his missionary team gave up their lives in the jungles of Ecuador, preaching Christ. This past week, two of our sisters in faith were called home by our Lord. 
if they could speak to us, I'm sure they would say, get Christ, because it is the most valuable thing we have. God put it this way. Come and buy without any cost to you. Through Isaiah, he said, come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. What should we buy? What should we be looking for? Solomon said, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom and instruction and insight as well. Buy. Buy God's grace. Not by any effort, not by sacrificing something to get it, but it simply means to believe it, to trust it, to hold on to it, and use it in your life and enjoy the blessings God gives. You know, there's a variety of ways in which we work to give ourselves identity protection these days. And our government has put out a lot of safeguards to protect the monetary foundation of our country in something like Fort Knox. Well, God has given us something to protect our identity, our relationship with him. It's the Holy Spirit, whom he said is a seal around our life to protect us. We get that seal, we get that spirit when we get God's word because that's how the spirit comes to us. A personal relationship with God, what is it worth to you? Jesus' stories are pushing us to make a decision, to take some action right now. What will you do with Jesus. How do you spend your time? What do you read? What do you give? With whom do you have fellowship? Do you do it with Jesus in mind? The gospel points out to us the great worth of knowing God. We express that in worship which is from an old English word, worth-ship. This is where we express the value of knowing Jesus. Sometimes you hear of great deals or special sales that are going on. And they'll give the encouragement, don't pass it up. Well, don't pass up having a personal relationship with God. It's worth a lifetime. It's worth an eternity. Get it.